just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 79 of the Debbie Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton coming to you from dark and stormy Egan, Minnesota. It's Saturday, August 7th. The storms will not keep us from recording. It doesn't matter if it's rain, sleet, or snow. We're coming to you live, well, live for us, recorded for you. And the we, of course, from North Carolina. Matthew Jackson, how you doing? Obi-Wan. Skip Newton, man, the only guy that can get me out of bed at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday to record a podcast, man. I, I, I'm good. I'm glad to be back here talking some football with you. I'm a little upset, though. Like I, I, I don't know if you ever told, but etiquette um, for a morning meeting, um, early in the morning, is is the person running the meeting brings donuts. So I'm a little upset that I didn't get any donuts this morning before the podcast started. The, the delivery guy has to be late, Matt. That That's what's going on. I'm sure he's on the way with your donuts. They'll be there whenever, right? They'll show up eventually. <laughs> uh, how are things going over there? I got I to gotta give a, a quick update to our listeners, uh, a baby update. When? How many, how many weeks away are we from you becoming a father for the first time? We're like... It- if she comes on her due date, we are about five weeks away. She just hit um, 35 weeks yesterday. So, I mean, we're getting we're getting into crunch time right now. I mean, realistically, she's going to the doctor now every single week um, to check and see how she's doing. And, I mean, if she comes early, man, it could be any minute now. So we are, we are getting into crunch time. We're excited. We're nervous. We're, we're feeling all the emotions. <laughs> oh, that, that is awesome. So you're, you're five weeks away from due date. Which means you're, if, if if my memory my memory serves me, you're two weeks away from being considered full term, and that's when, pretty much at any point, they'll be they'll be more than willing to to bring that wonderful baby into this world. That that is awesome. I'm excited for you. And, and, Hopefully and, you uh, you're ready to lose some sleep. And, 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 I, that's why we're recording early, man. Exactly. I'm just I'm, getting you I'm ready. Getting used to it. Having to wake up at any time of the day to do what is necessary. Exactly. I'm getting used to getting up early and um, she's definitely choosing um, the weekend to make her arrival skip. I mean, the due date is, is right there coinciding with the start of the NFL football season. She, she decided that she couldn't miss the start of the football season. She's just going to come right before um, and and get ready to watch some football with me. Oh man, that, that is awesome. Super excited. I I love it. I'm, you're going to bring, bring new life into the world and I am three and a half weeks from sending my daughter off to college so getting a little 
little nervous and teary-eyed for that, except I know she's ready and I'm excited for her, so that's going to be awesome. And of course, she's going to the University of Minnesota, so insert your row the boat reference right here. Row the boat. Let's get into some news. We, we talked about this last recording that Quinn Ewers, the stud quarterback prospect from Texas, was considering skipping his senior season and entering college early. That is now official. He is going to Ohio State. He will in, enroll this fall. Of course, that makes an already talented quarterback room even more talented. What are your thoughts on Quinn Ewers being there a year early, not from you know the ramifications of, of players leaving early and skipping their senior season? That's actually happened before. But just what, how do you think this is going to play out in Ohio State from, from a quarterback perspective and obviously from a Debbie perspective? Yeah, it's definitely gotten interesting. I mean, you can't blame the kid. I mean, with the NIL agreement, you know, go and make yourself some money. I think we're going to see that happen more and more um, as, as time goes on. Um, it definitely makes a murky situation for the quarterback room. I mean, Jack Miller, in my opinion, was already out the door. I mean, he was going to be third string at best. Um, behind C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord. Now you've got three, I mean, stud quarterbacks on the roster. So you, you've got to imagine one's going to wet redshirt. Um, not sure who that'll be. I mean, it could be Quinn Ewers, honestly. I mean, he's getting to the team late. So they might redshirt him and, and just hold on to him for a season. But at the same time, you know, Ryan Day could potentially feel the pressure of of, of starting a five-star and, and somebody that, that's being proclaimed as the next Trevor Lawrence, you know, that, He's going to feel the pressure to get him on the field. So that that makes it interesting um, for C.J. Stroud and Kyle McCord. I mean, does somebody redshirt? Do they all three stay on the team? I mean, I had a I had quite an interesting conversation um, with one Kyle McCord's dad on Twitter um, last weekend. And um, as far as far as as he knows, and he, we're, we're, talk, we're talking back and forth, and obviously, you know, he's not going to tell me if Kyle's going to transfer or not. I mean, that's not going to come out of his mouth. But I mean, he's Kyle is welcoming the competition. He is not shying away from it, and is confident that he's going to get a shot at the starting role. Um, so I mean, all three of them can stay on the team. Now, this is going to make it interesting in a few years when they're all off the team, and they, I mean, who are they going to reload now? You know, why why don't you space out the quarterback? You know, incoming quarterbacks a few years um, is beyond me. Um, it's 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 a tricky situation that that Ryan Day is going to have to tap, tap dance around. Yeah, I I really don't know how this is going to play out. I I find it impossible to to fathom that that none of them will leave. I mean that that just seems really odd that that two out of the three will will sit and watch and not play football because these guys are all of course not only highly recruited highly touted prospects, but they're highly competitive. I mean, they want to play. And you're not going to get better, you know, a lot better by not playing. I mean, eventually you need to play, and something's got to give. And what's really interesting is, you know, now that he went in a year early, that only makes him, you know, one year behind C.J. Stroud. So even then, if, if, if C.J. Stroud is the starter this year, what happens next year? Is is it an open competition? Does C.J. Stroud then potentially lose the job? I mean, obviously that depends on how he plays this year. But what if what if Stroud starts this season and plays really well? Then are they going to replace him with Quinn Ewers? I mean, it's just a you know. And again, you've got Kyle McCord there too, so it's it's a really odd situation playing out. I mean, it, it's it's almost unfortunate that he made this decision because I I think it would have played out a lot better had he just waited. 
and then there'd be that two-year gap, and and then he's only he's only looking at you know sitting one season if if Stroud goes early. But what a mess! Um, well, here here's the I, here's the thing. You know, if if um, C.J. Stroud just comes in and runs the offense, like he doesn't have to do anything spectacular. He's just got to manage the team that he's been given, that's been handed and placed in his lap. I mean, he's got an incoming freshman running back that's going to take pressure off of him. Um, if if they don't sit him behind Master Teague, which I'm hearing that they might, which would be idiotic, um, to not get Travion Henderson on the field, but and then he's got he's got the best wide receiver core in the entire nation. I mean, loaded up on five star talent, um, five six guys deep and talent to throw the ball to. He's got a, a breakout tight end last year in the playoffs and Jeremy Ruckert. So I mean, he's got the talent around him. If he just does what he's supposed to, he's gonna put up the stats and push. For for a potential Heisman, I mean, I've already you, you you heard my you heard my hot take um, over on campus to Canton where I think he's going to push for a Heisman this year. Um, he, he's he's already getting the odds, the Vegas odds. He's like seventh or eighth in Vegas odds for the Heisman this year. If he runs the offense and does that well, or even gets close to that, I mean, you're not taking him off the field. Yeah, I did hear that, and I'm glad you brought that up. Your appearance on campus to Canton with your bold take that he would be the Heisman Trophy winner. I I liked it, and I loved how you talked about all of the weapons that he has to throw the ball to, and and you did a great job with with one exception. You you mentioned, you know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. Obviously, two fantastic prospects coming back. I'm mean, both are 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 um, projected to be first round draft picks. So tough to beat that combination. Then you've got you know younger guys, Julian Fleming, five star, Emeka Ekbuga coming in this year, five star, uh, Jaden Ballard, Marvin Harrison Jr. You did not, however, mention my guy, Jackson Smith Jigba. I was going on a run listening to that podcast and heard that, and I honestly cursed your name out loud when you skipped him. I was like, are you kidding me, Matt? And I could not finish my run fast enough so I could text you and really, you know, take issue with your appearance there. That was, that well, was, that was know, uncool, Matt. You know, here's, it was here's not the thing. Okay. Here's the thing, Skip. When you're, when you're a team that's got 76 wide receivers on your roster, I'm going to have a hard time remembering everybody and bringing everybody to mind. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Jackson Smith and Jigba guy. You know that he was, he was my favorite last year out of all three of those guys. So that was, that was an oversight by me. Um, I will make sure not to make that mistake and hurt your feelings again. But you know, you got, you got 76 wide receivers on your roster. Somebody's bound to go under the radar. And it just happened to be Jackson Smith and Jigba that time. Yeah. And, and the nice thing that I like with that receiver core is they are actually spaced out nicely, right? I mean, it, it's not like Alabama where you've got just this huge amount of incoming talent at wide receiver this year. They've got, you know, a couple of upperclassmen, they got a couple guys in the middle, and then they got a you know some new ones coming in. So at least in that regard, they're they're spaced out well. Other news, wide receiver Abrew McCoy from USC, who we're gonna talk about later in this show has been removed from football activities at USC. He's getting himself into some some legal trouble. So not good for Brew McCoy, but it is good for that crowded wide receiver room, which again, we're going to talk about in more detail later, but not a not a good thing for a guy that definitely had, you know, probably his eyes on on making an appearance in the NFL. So yeah. uh, not sure what to what to do with him 
from a Debbie perspective, I mean, you're, I guess you're holding now in the hopes that he gets another chance, but we've talked, Matt, you know, what these guys do, you know, off the football field absolutely matters. And this is not good for his future. I mean, I hate it. I mean, you're obviously not going to drop him. You're going to hold on to him. And his trade value sunk right now. You're going to hold him until, you know, in the hope that something happens. But, you know, Brew McCoy was one guy that I was bullish on two years ago and then last year. And he just, he never put it together. He never looked like the guy that he was touted to be, you know, this that incredibly dominant physical presence um, that could get downfield, make those great catches. I mean, he was just, he never turned out to be that guy. So, I mean, honestly, for me, like, I'm, I'm done with Brew McCoy. Like I'm, he he's had two seasons for me to that uh, of me riding his boat and, and trying to uh, pump him up, and he he hasn't put it together. And this legal trouble isn't going to help him. And yes, like we say, coaches pay attention to this. If you're causing problems off the field, that you're not a type of player that coaches are going to want to pick early. So I mean, his, his draft stock is not going to look good if he even makes it that far. Um, Brew McCoy, I'm out on. This makes some interesting. Um, room for for some wide receivers that we're going to talk about here in a second that you know I'm excited about two or three of them to to really step up um have the potential to step up with his absence. Yeah, absolutely. And going from, you know, some bad news for McCoy, but good news in Clemson, wide receiver Justin Ross has been cleared to play. So Ross had you know what I'll call some significant injuries. I think it was neck injuries. So get a little little nervous there, you know, not like a, an ACL where we have numerous examples of players coming back from that type of an injury, but neck injuries tend to be a little more career-threatening. But this kid has, has been cleared to play, and he was one of the top prospects a couple seasons ago because he was clearly the number one guy in Clemson. So for those of you who have Justin Ross on your rosters – this is excellent news. I mean, he is now probably going to, to get back all the value that he had accrued over the, the time when he was playing, and I, I'm sure he's, he's going to be a, a day two pick. I mean, he is that talented. Me, I, don't, I don't know day one. We'll see. But um, you know, once he starts playing and looking, you know, looking like the old Justin Ross, I think there's a really good chance he could be, he could be moving back up draft boards. Uh, where do you... How, or how do you feel about Justin Ross? Are you ready to, to you know, put the injury in the past and and move on as if he's you know perfectly healthy? I mean, this is such a feel good story, despite what he does, right? I mean, he had that gruesome neck injury. I mean, people were saying that he wasn't ever going to play football again. So, I mean, that speaks directly to the work ethic that this kid has. I mean, you don't just come back from an injury like that unless you put in the work and like are, are determined and bound to this dream and this goal of playing football that you have. So, I mean, we're we're just going to start off there because I mean, shout out to Justin Ross for his determination and his work ethic to just get back on the field and to be cleared. Um. I love this for him. It's it's a feel good story. I'm excited for him. Um, I think he's going to come back and, and and be good. You know, I'm I'm hoping that he that he shows us what he did his freshman year. Um, you know, doctors aren't going to clear the kid unless he's they're absolutely certain. Especially with an injury like this, you're not going to clear Justin Ross unless you're certain that he's okay to get back on the football field and get hit again. So um, I'm not too too worried about it. If doctors that know much more than me are ready to put him on the field, I mean, I'm not going to argue with it. 
Uh, he's an incredible talent. This makes this wide receiver core really interesting. You know, I'm excited to get him back on the field, to get Joe and Gata back on the field, who we lost from injury last year. Got to roll some coverage off of Joe and Gata, which is going to be good for us and our inter international uh, Debbie League that we're a part, me and Skip are a part of. So um, you got them too. Um, you got a five star uh, running back and Will Shipley. You have uh, Phil Moffa coming in for the running game. I mean, this is going to be a really exciting offense. And DJ Uyunglele is going to have his choice of weapons in this offense. So, I mean, Clemson is just reloading again, right? They're going to be good for another year. Yeah, that that is that is going to be a fun offense to watch. I'm I'm excited about all the the guys that you mentioned there. Other guys that I'm excited about. And these are guys that I'm looking to add to my my Devier C2C rosters. And I thought this would be a, a quick topic we could throw in at the beginning here. So I've made no made no secret about my love for Traylon Burks. He is the number one guy that I have been able to acquire a lot of shares of in my leagues. I have, I have quite a few of, of Traylon Burks now, so I'm obviously all in. But I wanted to mention a couple other guys that I would like to add because I think their value will continue to rise, and I don't have any shares of either one of these guys yet. One of them is quarterback Carson Strong from Nevada. I keep seeing him in in mock first rounds, and if he's going to be a first-round draft pick, then he absolutely will be worth acquiring this season. So the the, the big names you know, are, are well-known at quarterback. He seems to be... Re- regularly inserting himself into that that first round conversation where he's no longer a question mark but almost a certainty so I, I'd like to get a get a hold of him if I could at least on one roster if not two obviously in, in a super flex but then the other one is is your guy Eric Gray and we, we've mentioned him before he hasn't had that breakout production season that that excite people so I think for for some you know for some fantasy players he may he may be still a little bit under the radar and you know he's not he's not like i said the big production of an isaiah spiller or uh, Brees hall but we're all wondering who's going to be that you know the third fourth and, and fifth running backs in that class and i think i think i'm i'm starting to come around on on eric gray as you've strongly pushed so he is the guy that that I'm looking to get a get a hold of if I can. Curious, who are you looking to acquire? You know, guys that you want to add between now and next year. So, so to start off with, um, you know, I, I love how you mentioned Carson Strong. I mean, that's a that's a big quarterback prospect to kind of add to your roster. He's getting a lot of first round buzz, so I like that. One other quarterback prospect that is not getting buzz. Um, that that I think is going to be a mistake um, is USC quarterback Keaton Slovis. Um, he is the most fun guy to hate on in college football right now. I tweeted it out, and I stand by this take. Um, Keaton Slovis has become the nickelback of college football. Um, and by that, I mean it's it's cool to hate on Keaton Slovis. You know, everybody loves to, to hate on Keaton Slovis. You know, somebody has said that Keaton Slovis isn't going to get the draft capital. He's not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. And the entire Twitterverse ran with that take. Um, so I'm, I'm adding him. He's still an accurate quarterback. His mechanics are sound. He is an efficient, efficient quarterback. And he's got, you know, the second, one of the second best possible um, wide receiver cores um, in football that we're going to talk about for a little bit. You know, people want to talk about Jackson Dart, how he came in and, and showed out in the spring game, but this is still Keenan Slovis's team. 
Um, and that's not going to change anytime soon. He's still a first-round talent. And if there's one thing that I like about my quarterbacks, you've got to be accurate. And he might be the most accurate quarterback in college football. Like, if you want somebody that's going to go out there and complete passes, thread the needle, that's your guy. And, you know, we're, we're going to sit here and punish him for not, not stepping up in a COVID-riddled season where the Pac-12 wasn't even going to play. And then they came in and played, and it was just a weird, funky season. And people are going to write off Keaton Slovis because of it. I think that's a mistake. Uh, Keaton Slovis is, is slipping in drafts right now, and I'm scooping up every bit of him that I can because I am a firm believer that he's going to come in and be be that guy that everybody thought he was before it became cool to hate Keaton Slovis. So I'm getting some of him. I also like um, Quentin Johnston. Um, I'm trying to get some of him. Uh, he's a big play, get down the field, big body guy to, that, that, that's a vertical threat. I like him a lot. I'm also trying to get some Rakeem Jarrett, uh, just that yards after catch and, op- and you know mobility and open space. I love that, and I think him and uh, – Talia Tagovailoa are going to explode this year um, with a full season and a full full offseason to practice without COVID. Um, so love all three of those guys, but yeah, definitely for me, uh, Keaton Slovis with the way the community is talking about him right now. Yep, I, I like those names a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on talking about Keaton Slovis anymore since we are going over the Pac-12 South today. So we're going to get to USC in a little bit, which leads us to who are you going to try to trade away who do you have that you think you know what I just don't I don't trust the the value and I'm gonna see if I can if I can get what I can get for this guy I'm gonna skip my own name because again we're talking about USC later so I'm not gonna get into him right now but do you have anybody on on your teams you're like you know what I think I think he's at max value now might be the time to to see what I can get for him from somebody else um He's not at max value right now. For me, he can potentially increase in value, but one guy that I'm trying to sell is TCU's Zach Evans. Um, I watched, you know, you know, I, I've said this on the podcast before, I watched every touch of the football that Zach Evans had last year, and he has a tendency to run straight up the middle and, and show, you know, little um, outside wiggle and bounce to his game. He, So, I mean, I, I want to see him improve in that aspect. That's not promising to me. Um, he's got some head some head issues um, that that coaches are going to pay attention to. I just he's a second round talent right now. He's being drafted in the top of the second round, and at, at that price, I'm much more comfortable trading him for an Eric Gray who has less of the problems um, in my eyes and, and issues that I'm worried about than Zach Evans. You know, he he's almost at peak value for me where I would feel comfortable drafting him at. You know, I'd rather trade down and get somebody that has a better shot and and possibly even get a little bit more. Yeah, I, I like that. I think I think right now you could get an Erica Gray plus for for Zach Evans. I think generally speaking, people have Zach Evans, you know, higher rated, and you know he really just started his kind of his breakout last season. You know, his his freshman year. So I think there's a really good chance that he has a, a very good statistical season this year. In which case, his value, you know, like you said, his value could actually go up a little bit more. So it could be one of those things where you wait until you know, mid-season when he's really, you know, starting to, to look good. And then, all right, let's 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 see what I can get. I like that name a lot. That's a that's a good one on there. All right, Pac-12 South, let's get into it. Uh, Arizona, I couldn't find anybody worth mentioning. So we're going to go straight to Arizona State. And they have a, a key loss that I took note of. A wide receiver, Frank Darby, went to the Falcons, who I think has a sneaky chance to to – be a, a nice day three pickup. I'm not going to get too much into into Frank Darby, but 
I think there's some opportunity there. He's got speed. Uh, I like him. I, I've got him on a, on a few rosters where I can just stash him deep and, and see what happens. I mean, it, you know, he was, wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues, so I was able to pick him up as a free agent. Quarterback Jaden Daniels is available 2022 eligible. Jaden Daniels is a is a nice prospect in that he he has mobility, so he's going to get you yards with his feet, and he's got a strong arm. I mean, he he was rated as the dual number one in his class. Tell me where where do you have Jaden Daniels as far as does does he have a legitimate shot? Do you think to be a a day one or day two draft pick when he gets to the NFL. Oh, he absolutely does. I mean, he's right now he's a second round Debbie pick right now, and I think that's really that's a really good value for him right now. Um, he hasn't put up like the massive explosion statistical season yet, but I think that's coming. Um, he's he's that second tier quarterbacks. You know, the, the first tier is pretty much set in Spencer Rattler, Sam Howell, and Malik Willis, depending on how you like them. Um, but I think Jaden Daniels is, is right there in that second tier. He's everything that you mentioned. He's really fast. He's elusive in open space, and he's got a really nice arm. I mean, the ball zips out of his hands, um, makes it look effortless, makes those long throws look not that hard at all. Um, the only thing that he has to clean up, and I did note this when I was when I was watching his film, he sometimes has an, a tendency to run after his first read. Um, if the first read's not there, he'll he'll tuck the ball and take off with it, kind of like Lamar Jackson did um, early on in his career. Um, I think that's a really good uh, you know comp to to what he's doing right now. You know, if he if the first read's not there, he won't he won't go through his progressions as much as I'd like him to, and he'll just take off and rely on his, his athleticism and his speed, which isn't a bad thing. His athleticism and speed are there, but you know, if you're a quarterback, I want you to be a quarterback. Um, so that. That, that's the only thing that I noted he could really clean up at. Yeah, the, the thing that I noticed is he, he could be just a little more accurate. You know, he had a he had a completion percentage of, of 60.7 his freshman season, and then last year it dipped down to 58.3. Again, that was only in four games. You know, the Pac-12 was such a mess with, with the COVID season. So I'm, I'm willing to look past that. And I think if, if he can – get back to, you know, of you know, near 61-62% this season. Everything else is is trending in the right direction. You know, yeah, yeah, we want to see him go through his reads and not rely on his athleticism a, a little bit more like you said, but at the same time when you're that athletic, I mean, you you got to use what you've got and he's he's really really athletic. So that's huge. The other thing that I love, I mean, his, his touchdown interception ratio is awesome. I mean, 17 to two, his rookie season or freshman season, I should say five to one last season. So he takes care of the football, which is important. I mean, NFL teams need that, you you know, guys that turn the ball over a lot, they're, they're just no good. So very encouraging there. I think, I think he's another one of these guys that isn't getting as much publicity. Probably again, he's in the pac 12, you know, for you East Coasters, those games are, are awfully late if they have a night game. So, it, you know, maybe he just doesn't get as much TV time and people are missing out on the games. But but I think he's he's a good guy to watch. Running backs. Uh, Rashad White is 2022 eligible and Diamante Traum is 2023 eligible. Which of these guys, or or perhaps both, do you like from a Debbie perspective? I like both from a Debbie perspective, but there's one that I like a whole lot more. Um Last season, if you were paying attention, um, I was very, very bullish on Rashad White. Um, I was one of the guys that was kind of first 
first on the Rashad White train, uh, kind of leading that charge a little bit. And now that's looking like to, to, to be a, a great take, uh, possible, possibly be a win for me. I mean, you look at him, um, he, he looks he looks a little better than train him. You know, train him as that power back that's going to run over you, break tackles. But Rashad White, I mean, he, his vision and bounce between the tackles is really good. I mean, he's got great lateral agility, great contact balance. He's dangerous after the catch. I mean, he can take a little screen pass, you know, 80, 90 yards downfield. You know, we talk about how we, you know, don't like Max Borgie because he, he doesn't do much after the catch. Well, if you want a running back that can do a lot after the catch, Rashad White's your guy. Um, he finishes runs with power. Um, he, he lowers his head and, and bullies into guys at the end of runs. Um, I like my running backs to be able to finish finish off runs strong. He does that. Um, he's got um, less power than Demonte Trainum, but he's still he, he's still got enough to break some tackles and, and be um, a, a true three down back, in my opinion. Um, he, he's a really under the radar guy this year. No, I mean nobody's talking about Rashad White, and um, if you can get him late, late in Debbie drafts or like later in C to C leagues, that's going to be a giant win for you. Yeah, I'm encouraged by by him as well. And the thing that stands out to me is the big play potential. And you know he he only get he only had 42 rushes and eight receptions and again four games so put that into perspective so you know 10 10 rushes a game couple of receptions a game but he averaged 10 yards per carry and he averaged almost 19 yards per reception so that has got big play written all over it he scored six touchdowns in those four games and because he's sharing that workload you know like you mentioned with Trayanum Trayanum I have a real tough time with that name Trayanum He's not gonna. He's not gonna pop. You know, from a stats perspective. So you got to make sure you're, you're watching these guys play. Trainum is is a solid running back. I just I I have the sneaky suspicion that he's gonna end up being just a a, a good college running back. And if if he gets drafted, it'll be super late. And I just don't see him as having any of these traits that really excite me. You know, from a perspective of okay, this guy has a chance to come in and really be good in the NFL. So. I haven't I haven't picked up any of him, and I'm not looking to acquire him in any of my leagues. Moving into wide receivers, a couple of intriguing guys. Both were freshmen last season. Elijah Badger and L.V. Bunkley Shelton. Do either one of these guys intrigue you at all from Debbie, or are they just just too deep from from a, a prospect? from a prospect perspective. Unless you're playing in a deep Debbie league, um, you're not going to have any of these guys on your roster. And C to C leagues, though, I love myself some Elijah Badger. Really great speed. Um, he's a good hands catcher. He'll go up and get the ball. What I really like about Elijah Badger that, that you're not really going to notice unless you really watch him, he understands the defense. So what I mean by that is when he's running his go routes or his his out routes or whatever route he's running, if you watch him, if there's a single high safety, he'll kind of work his way to the sideline. And, you know, he's got the speed to blow back, blow past the initial cornerback, but he'll kind of work left to on go routes to, to the, to the sideline, avoiding that single high safety. Or, you know, when he's running routes, he'll sit down in the middle of a defense, you know, right in the middle of that zone where, where the hole is to catch a pass. Um, if Jaden Daniels is scrambling, which he does do a lot, um, he he will run with this quarterback, you know, the same direction, kind of down the field, giving him somebody to throw the ball to. So he's just he's a smart football player that understands how to read the defense and what he needs to do to get open 
and, and, and find that hole in coverage. So that that's very, very promising for a young wide receiver. I mean, young wide receivers don't really know how to do that. And he does it pretty exceptionally. So I, I'm excited from, from that aspect for Elijah Badger. I'm really excited that you mentioned his name as a, as a guy to, to watch because I, I just drafted him in one of my leagues. I don't remember which one. And it's all on his athleticism. I mean, he was the sixth-rated athlete in his class. And my notes on him are, are exactly what you said. I mean, just a dynamic athlete and really has that, that uh, potential to be great. Um, we haven't seen it yet, but... Again, worth worth a stash in a super deep league, and of course on campus to Canton, he's he's worth throwing out there. Let's just see what happens. So, I like that a lot. LV, Let's L- move on. Every LV, to- Bunkley Shelton is probably good for later, like last round C to C grabs. I mean, he's got quick feet. He, he's a, he's a really good route runner, but he's not as dynamic as Eliza Badger. I think Badger is the guy to own on that team. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, no, I'm skip. While I'm talking, you can look this up. Um, LV Bunkley Shelton is not the guy. Um, on ESPN's headshot. They have a different guy on his headshot. So if you're looking for that guy, um, don't draft an offensive lineman. If you're going to draft Bunkley Shelton, draft <laughs> draft him, the wide receiver. So that's my that's my fun note for the day. <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that. Go look, go look, it. go look it up when you're when we're done with this podcast. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do. All right, let's go into Colorado. I just have one guy to mention here, and that's running back Ashad Clayton. So interesting name. I don't think he's going to be on a lot of people's radars. You know, could be could be just a, a regular dude. Uh, he was the 17th running back in his class. He's eligible in 2023, so he's a freshman last season. Fairly fast. He he runs a 11 second 100 meter. So decent long speed. But my notes say that that while he has a pretty good burst and, and, and solid vision, he does lose some speed on cuts. What do you think of Ashad Clayton from Colorado? We have the same notes when it comes to Ashad Clayton, man. I, I like, you know, he's a hard-nosed runner. He hits his top speed uh, pr- pretty quickly. He's a true uh, one-cut-and-go type of guy. I mean, he gets north off of a cut pretty pretty fast. Um, the one thing that I don't like about him is the same thing that you kind of noted. I mean, when he cuts, he's losing a lot of speed in his cuts. You know, he's not cutting and keeping that top speed. He's kind of slowing down and looking almost stagnant in the middle of a cut, and that's not going to work out well. Um, in the long run for him. So, I mean, he's an interesting guy. He's not a guy that I particularly own on a team, but I mean, someone, someone worth noting at least. Yep. I think we definitely see eye to eye on that guy. Let's get into UCLA. They had one key loss running back. Demetric Felton went to Cleveland. And this is one of those guys. I'll just quickly add. I was really bummed that he ended up going to the Cleveland Browns because if ever there was a horrible spot for a running back, it was Cleveland. I mean, they already have two very good running backs. You know, they've got Chubb, they've got Hunt. I don't see either one of these guys leaving soon. I, I know they just re-signed Chubb, so he's there. Maybe Hunt only has a, a season left. I don't know where his contract is at, but Demetric Felton is an electric talent. And, man, I would think they there'd be a way to get him on the field, and he could make some things happen. Again, Nobody's talking about him because of landing spot. So he could be another really good deep stash on your dynasty rosters. Just throw him on your taxi squad and forget about him for at least a season. You never know what what might happen there. But going into the the Debbie guys still on UCLA, Dorian Thompson Robinson, quarterback, 2022 eligible. 
Where do you have him on your list? He he was an intrigu- intriguing prospect, in my opinion, a season ago. Now I'm I'm still not sure about him. Again, the last season was kind of you know meh for the for the Pac-12. So Matt, what do you what do you think about Dorian Thompson Robinson as far as a Debbie prospect? I don't want him on any of my Debbie teams. If I'm being honest with you, I mean he's got. You know, he's athletic. He's he's a dual-threat guy. He's got some good speed. He's got the athleticism to hurdle guys, which is at least fun to watch. I mean, he, he's not a boring <laughs> a boring player to watch. Um, he's got decent arm strength that could be a whole lot better. His mechanics skip are absolutely horrible. I don't know if, you're, if you notice this while you're watching him, but, I mean, he gets so rattled sometimes. Like, he'll back up in the pocket. He'll lean back and throw off of his back foot. And, I mean, it's just like... Footwork and mechanical wise, he is not great in that area, and that's that's he's going to get exposed if he makes it to the NFL on a roster. I mean, that's not a guy that coaches are going to start. I mean, because your mechanics get off, you start throwing inaccurate passes, throwing throwing interceptions. I mean, I'm just I'm not interested in him. I know the C to C guys, um, their, their their hot take was Thompson Robinson was a Heisman candidate this year, and I that is that is the hottest of hot takes in my opinion. Because I mean, mechanical wise. He's not great. Um, he doesn't have the receivers that are going to allow him to, to be a Heisman candidate. I mean, I'm just I'm not interested in him <laughs> at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, that that is burn the roof of your mouth, spicy hot. That's that's way out there. I, I think that's a little little too aggressive. Let's get into a couple of running backs. Uh, we have a Michigan transfer, Zach Charbonnet. He's eligible in the 2022 draft and incoming freshman, so 2024 eligible. Deshaun Morrell, where where do you feel these guys are at uh, in the Debbie space as far as you know NFL draft capital? I know a lot of people are high on on Zach Charbonnet. I am admittingly not one of them. I never have been. I just I just don't see it. Um, straight line speed, sure he he's great. You know he 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 busted a, a long one against my Gophers last season when the hole was so big that you could drive a car through it and you wouldn't have hit anybody. And he, he literally never had to move even remotely sideways or change direction in even the slightest amount. It, it was like it was like he was standing at the start of a 70-meter dash and he stayed in his lane. And that's, that's what happened. Untouched. So not really that exciting. Um, I, that's where I'm at with Charbonnet. Where are you at with him? I think both of these running backs are just guys for me. Um, Zach Charbonnet was a guy that people were really intrigued on after his freshman season and then just fell off a cliff. Um, so, I mean, I'm not, he, like, like you said, he's a straight line guy. If the hole is there, I mean, he's got the speed to hit it. He is not doing anything by himself. Um, so I'm not interested in him. Um, this wide, this running back core as a whole is not very intriguing. I don't think any, either one of these guys do anything particularly special. They're going to set them apart um, when it comes to the NFL. Yeah, the the other one we talked about or mentioned, Deshaun Morrell, um, decent speed and acceleration. You know, runs with a pretty low pad level and hits the hole hard. So I think this guy could could put up a, a pretty good college career. I'm just not sure if that's going to translate to the NFL but you know it's early right I mean he's six feet 194 pounds and he's a four-star so he was RB 19 coming in this season so at least a guy to watch we'll see if he can do anything there probably backing up Charbonnet the last guy to mention is Greg Dulcich the 
tight end. And this guy, people are starting to talk about as having definite draft capabilities, maybe even day two. He he runs the the seam routes very well. He's he's definitely athletic enough to get open and and get some yards. Soft hands. I mean, I I like I like what I see from this guy catching the ball. Where do you have Dulcich? Yeah, he he's definitely in that pop. You know, tight ends are hard to predict. You know, guys go in the second and third round that you weren't even talking about. Um, you know, come come Debbie college football season. So, I mean, I think Dolchik is that guy that's going to have a really good draft stock. Great hands, like you said. He's got really good size. He's he's a big play guy that can split the seam and, and work the middle of the field well. But he's also a great security blanket for a quarterback. Um, so I, I like him to be, you know, the kind of, you know, in, in a class that you don't really know who's going to be, you know, a great tight end. I mean, it's a weaker class. You've got Jalen Weidermeyer. Um, you, I mean, you got, oh, man, what's his name? Skip, no. <laughs> Jaleel Billingsley, man, this is what happens when you get me up at eight o'clock in the morning, Skip. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's me. I'll take I'll take credit for that one. <laughs> you got Jaleel Billingsley, and then I mean, then then you don't really have any other guys that, that are really making you know a big push for that top spot. And you know, Greg Dolchitz could be one of those guys that sneaks under the radar and kind of gets better draft capital than a lot of people are expecting. Yep, I, I would agree on that. And one note, and we're going to talk about this more when we get into the incoming freshmen, because we like to talk about, you know, the top 10 prospects at each position. And we go through and and just mention, you know, like past years and and how those top 10 ended up hitting. And the one thing that, that we've said every year is it's not as high a percentage as you would hope. Well, it's almost non-existent at tight end. I mean, you, you look at the tight end and maybe one, one guy hits a class, potentially two. Greg Dulcich is a zero-star recruit. So this guy was nothing. And now we're talking about him being drafted potentially on day two. So very interesting how that can happen. I think it's it's even more so at the tight end position. Let's get into the big one, the USC. We have a few guys that are no longer on the team either because they went pro or the aforementioned uh, Brew McCoy at wide receiver. The other wide receivers, Amon Ra St. Brown went to the Detroit Lions. I, I like Amon Ra. I think he, he could be sneaky good there, and the, the camp reports are all very positive. So interesting interesting prospect there. And Tyler Vaughn's uh, signed with the Colts. That's a pretty deep, uh, deep wide receiver room with the Colts, and of course now they've got issues, uh, injuries, you know, Carson Wentz and the offensive line and who knows what's going to happen. So that's a, that's a really deep stab in the dark there. I mean, you don't, you don't see him on many Debbie or dynasty rosters going into the guys that are remaining. Uh, Keaton Slovis, your guy, you, you talked about him and wanting to acquire him. My take on Keaton Slovis is pretty similar to, to yours in that, you know, because of his, his down year a, a season ago, people aren't as high on him as they, as they were before. I mean, there were a lot of people talking about him as being the QB one in the upcoming 2022 class, you know, him and Sam Howell were the, the big argument. And of course now Spencer Rattler is up there. Carson strong, not as much Slovis hype as there was before. And I think he has a, a chance with a normal season to, to remedy that and get back that value that he had because you, you still will see him mentioned 
in some mock first rounds, definitely in the second round. So, you know, he I, I don't think you should be fading him because he he sure looked good his his freshman season. And I'm not sure if you want to jump in with any more thoughts on Slovis, but the the guy has got talent and should not be ignored just because of a you know a questionable twenty twenty season where everything was so messed up because of COVID. Yeah, the, the biggest thing that I really want to just hound on when it comes to Keaton Slovis is do your own research, you know, watch your own film and make your own decisions. I think the biggest problem when it comes to Keaton Slovis and, and what's what's led to this just massive, you know, decrease in value for Slovis and hate on him is because, you know, two or three people said that Slovis isn't any good and he's not going to be anything on your roster. And everybody started having that Twitter echo chamber that we see in the offseason. So, I mean, the, my, my biggest advice, you know, listen to us, listen to other guys, but but do more than just that. You know, go watch the film, make your own decisions. Because when you watch the film of Keaton Slovis, you're going to see a different picture than what's being painted on Twitter and, and, and Debbie, in the Devi community right now. Yeah, that that is great advice. The the one guy everybody is talking about is incoming freshman Jackson Dart. He is the seventh rated uh, quarterback coming in. Uh, good accuracy, not what I'd call incredibly mobile, but he he can move in the pocket. But just seems to have a real natural feel for the position, and he throws well while he is moving. So people are getting more and more excited for Jackson Dart. I don't know if that's because they love Jackson Dart. Or because they're down on Slovis and they think Dart, you know, might have a chance to come in and, and be the guy. Um, I, I I think he's he's a decent prospect, but quarterbacks are are so tough to hit until you've seen them play in college that, you know, I'm not I'm not over drafting this guy. I mean, he, I mean, if he falls far enough, sure, I'll I'll take my shot, but. What do you think about Jackson Dart? Yeah, I mean he's a, he's an accurate quarterback. He's he's got good touch on his throws. He leads his receivers well. But I mean he's going to have to wait a year. I mean I just don't see any way that he starts over Keaton Slovis this year. Um, so I mean he looked good in the spring game. You know there's a reason people are excited about him. I mean he's a good quarterback. Um, but like like you said, I mean it's hard to predict these guys. Um, you know the quarterback position. I think you know thirty percent hit rate is a good class. So I mean you've already got some guys that I'm really excited about for this class. So Jackson Dart is interesting. He he's got the accuracy and the arm talent to to be something, but he's not going to do anything for your roster uh, year one. Yep, I, I would agree completely there. Keontae Ingram is the only running back that I feel we need to talk about. Of course, he transferred from Texas and. I cannot let go of my love for Keontae Ingram. I I still think this guy has talent and traits that are that are good, and I'm hoping that he he becomes the guy at USC and that he stays healthy because he's had some health issues. So he can he can either prove me right or prove me wrong definitively. Because I neither I neither I I need this ability or that I need to have the ability to say. Hey, see, I told you this guy was awesome. Or I can just finally get off of him and say, "All right, I was wrong. He's not that good. He's just he's just a guy." But I, I still love Keontae Ingram, and I'm I'm not going to let it go until I'm proven otherwise. I, I've never been a guy that was high on Keontae Ingram. <laughs> I was I was always in the minority when it came to Keontae Ingram. I mean, I was watching him early last season, and everybody was really high on Ingram. 
And I was I was one of the guys. I was like, hey, they've got they've got a guy named Bijan Robinson sitting right behind them that's way better than Keontae Ingram is. And man, did that get proven right? <laughs> um, Keontae Ingram. I mean, they were splitting carries. Whenever he came in the game, he just didn't look as dynamic as everybody says he was to me. I mean, he he's a decent pass catcher. So I mean, I guess he's got that going for him. For for me. His, my, my biggest problem with him is he was just never on the field. I mean, every time that I watched him touch the football, he was either getting hurt or he was fumbling the football. I mean, he was doing something that you don't want your running back to do. So, I mean, I was I was always out on Keontae Ingram, and he might prove me wrong. Like, I mean, you might be right, I might be wrong, Skip. But at, at the price that you had to get Keontae Ingram for a few years ago, that was way too rich for me and not, not, not a price I was willing to pay for a running back that I did not like a whole lot. So what we need to do for a future episode is write down the guys that we disagree on and then have a like a final who won, who was right, who was wrong. So something to keep in mind That'd be a great podcast. later in the college That'd season. That'd be a great podcast episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like well, we can do our own our own reviews, you know, guys that, that we hit on, guys that we missed on, especially the guys that we we disagreed on. So let's move into Really, the the main thing we want to talk about at USC, and that's a a deep wide receiver room. Of course, it got a little easier with Brew McCoy leaving, and that leaves us still quite a few guys to talk about. Number one on the list, I think on everyone's list, is Drake London. He is eligible in 2022, and Drake London is a multiple sport athlete, so he, he played basketball as well. He's he's athletic from from that standpoint. His athleticism doesn't, for me, doesn't transfer onto the field like you would expect it to transfer. I just people are so high on this guy, and and this is the guy that that I was that I was waiting to mention earlier. You know, guys that that if I have on a roster and I have them in one league, if everybody else is higher than me on them, then that means I should probably trade them away and try to get some value because, man, I, I, maybe I got to watch him more. I just don't see it. I. I don't see why everyone thinks this guy is so special. Tell tell me, am I wrong on Drake London? No, this is one of the few times, not not few times, we're right, we agree a lot. I'm not going to say that. This this is one of the times that we're going to agree on a prospect. I mean, he's athletic. He's got the, the basketball ability to go up, climb the ladder. He's, he's a big body guy, but I mean, he just doesn't, it almost looks like he doesn't use his body the way I would expect him to use his body. You know, I mean, the, the community really, was, was high on him really high on him over the offseason. And I just, like you said, I just never thought that that translated real well to the football field. He seemed more like a a guy that was a benefactor of the opportunities given to him and not a guy that was going to, you know, a, a guy that was, that was shining through a bunch of other talented players. I mean, he just, he was the guy on the roster that the, the quarterback was peppering with targets. And he just seemed a benefactor of that. He's not a guy that I'm really, really all that high on, um, doesn't use his body all that well for for his size and the way that I think he should. Yeah, you you would think you know with the with the basketball you know background and his height because he's he's a good six four that that he would be just an awesome red zone threat. So maybe he can establish that. We'll 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 have to see. A couple other guys to talk about. They had two transfers: uh, Jake Smith from Texas and Taj Washington, who. Where he came from is escaping me, and Memphis. Maybe you can help. Was that Memphis? Memphis. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't remember. These guys. 
um, will definitely help the the productivity. I, I don't know if either one of them is going to be an NFL draft prospect. Um, I think Jake Smith is is just a, a good college player. I'm not sure he's gonna he's gonna do anything at the next level. Taj Washington is a little more intriguing for me. I I, I do have one or two shares of him, but I don't have any delusions of grandeur there. Either of these guys excite you? Uh, Taj Washington does a little bit from my uh, C2C perspective. I mean, he's undersized, so he doesn't have the NFL size to really do a whole lot, in my opinion. But he can still go up and, and climb the ladder and make the, make the great catch every once in a while. He's got really good yards after the catch, so he's a speedy guy that can kind of work work the seam and work the open space to, to his advantage. So I like I like him for that perspective. Um, there's a guy, though, that I'm going to talk about that, that I really like to take over in Brew McCoy's absence and be that guy op- opposite Drake London, who I know we just crapped on. But um, re- shout out to uh, Ray GQ on this. He kind of pointed him out to me, and I-, I watched some film on him. Michael Jackson the third. Um more, not 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 the Michael Jackson that you're all thinking of. It's it's his great great grandson, I guess. I don't know. Um, Michael Jackson the third. Very he's a very sudden route runner. Um, he's got the speed to burn you deep. Um, he he's got much better size than Washington. I think he's like six foot six one, two hundred pounds, something like that. So I like I like his size. Um, his route running, quick feet. Um, he's very crisp in and out of his routes. He's a guy that I think athletically is the best is the best athletic guy on their, on their roster. And, you know, if I, if I'm looking at a guy to come in and potentially take over for, for Drake London, Michael Jackson is, um, Michael Jackson is definitely gonna be the guy that I, that I like to potentially be the best wide receiver on that roster. Interesting. I did not have him on my ranking. So I'm kind of looking at him now. I'm glad you brought him up. He was a uh, he's a three star prospect by two four seven sports wide receiver sixty four, and coming in this season, so he is one of the incoming freshmen. So I that explains it. I hadn't gone that deep, so not surprised at all that that you and and Ray Garvin you found this guy because that's what you guys do. So I like it. That's intriguing. Let's talk about a couple other guys. We had uh, Gary Bryant Jr. Uh, 2023 eligible. He was a freshman last season. And then Kyron Ware Hudson, another incoming freshman, 2024. What do you think about Gary Bryant Jr. and Ware Hudson? Gary Bryant Jr. Jr. I like, you know, a lot from the slot perspective. He's a guy that's going to come in and take over um, that Tyler Vons role. He's really speedy, uh, works the middle of the field well, and, and can take take the take the catch the long the long distance for the touchdown. So I, I like him a lot. I, I've, I'm really intrigued, Skip, by Kyron Ware Hudson this year. Um, he, he's one of those deeper guys, too, um, that, that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, when you watch him, this kid is a bully. I mean, he, he's a physical rod receiver that creates separation off of strength. I mean, if you've watched some of his highlight tapes, especially in the blocking game, I mean, he will pancake the hell out of out of cornerbacks guarding him um he's a he's a take your lunch money type of wide receiver like really physical guy um something that they don't really have on the roster i mean you could make an argument yes they have drake london but he's not overly all that physical um so so kyron Ware hudson does something that they don't really have in that team And, and for that aspect i like him a whole lot yes i noticed the same thing about him that the physicality really stands out i mean not just in in how he you know uses his body to 
to shield the ball and not not only how he runs with the ball after after the catch, but the blocking stood out. And you don't usually see that when you're looking at film, you know, especially in high school, right? But but they made a point to show, man, this this kid can block. So very intriguing. Not that you get fantasy points for blocking, but if it helps get you on the field, you never know. So a lot of potential in that USC wide receiver room. And I think this will be really intriguing to see who steps up and becomes, you know, the guys that we're really excited about this time next year. So, you know, if if all the 2022 eligible guys leave, that's going to leave a, a lot of opportunity for for the next for the next class. All right, the last team we have is Utah, and they've got a few guys to mention, probably only one that's super exciting, if you can use the word exciting. Quarterback Jaquindon Jackson, um, 2023, he's a transfer, he's athletic, but we haven't seen him play. Uh, is he a guy that, that you think at least should be on people's radars from a Debbie perspective because of that athleticism, or are we just fading him completely? He's one of those wait-and-see guys for me. Um, he, he has great athleticism, but his arm talent w- was never really there, and he was the reason that I didn't like him behind Hudson Card um, in Texas. That's where he came from, I believe. Um, I, I, I liked I liked Card a whole lot better um, when it came to him. So, um, John, I mean, he, he's, he's a guy that you need to watch and be paying attention to. Um, he's not a guy that I'm particularly owning right now. Yeah, he he definitely is is mobile. He was the number three dual prospect a year ago, and runs a four six one forty. So that is that is lightning fast for a quarterback. But my notes say he he absolutely has to prove that he can that he can throw the ball at the next level. So he hasn't done that yet because he hasn't given a chance. All right, running back Ricky Parks is an incoming freshman. So someone to to look out for. He was the RB twenty six, just a three star on the 247 rankings. My notes aren't all that Im- impressed with this guy. I mean, decent speed, decent vision, but not elusive, uh, you know, at least not super elusive where it stands out. But he, he can make a subtle cut to avoid a tackle, but I've got him really, really far down my my rankings and, and right now just a, a CDC guy. Where What do you have on Parks? I feel like you copied my notes there, Skip. I don't know if you stole my phone and looked at it, but literally, literally <laughs> like, I'm going to read them for you. Doesn't have great speed, okay lateral agility, decent vision. So we we literally wrote just about the same thing. I mean he's just, he's a he's a jag at this point. I mean he's he he might have a good college career. He does not have traits that I'm looking for out of an NFL running back. Yep, I we we see eye to eye there. And then the last guy to talk about is tight end Brant Queef, and this guy is intriguing. He's he's undersized, just six two, but he's athletic, and he does put up some decent stats you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna skip again last season in the Pac-12 because he only played four four games although he did catch 25 25 balls so that's nice but the season before that 14 games 34 catches for over just over 600 yards and six touchdowns so he averaged 17 yards per catch that is a nice number for a tight end especially I mean that's a nice number for a wide receiver so he he could be a guy that that again people are sleeping on because last year was such a cluster but all of a sudden he he might get back this season to that production that we saw from from 2019 and you definitely want to want to be aware of, of Brant Queef 
How do you feel about him from an NFL perspective? Yeah, Brent, Brent Leith is definitely the guy to own on this roster. Um, underrated guy. He was a three-star tight end coming out. Um, he, he gets downfield and um, works the middle of the field really well. He's got some great hands um, to go up and get the ball, like really soft hands. And, you know, like I said, you know, this is an underrated tight end class. So I, I think he could be a guy that, that – they really show some people some, some something and it is a great security blanket for a tight end. You know, if there's anybody that I'm owning on this roster, it's, it's Brick Weath. All right. I like it. That does it for the Pac-12. We're going to wrap up our series of conferences by going through the Debbie prospects from the group of five. So we'll, we'll finish that up next week, and then we're going to get into our freshman rankings as we get closer and closer to college football games starting up. It's getting exciting. We are, what, about three weeks away from, I think they call it week zero. So finally, it is coming. Football is on the horizon. It is within sight. Matt, why don't you tell everyone what you've got going on? Uh, Where can they find you on Twitter? And then especially talk about your Patreon, which continues to pick up people and put out more and more awesome content. Yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a busy week for me. You guys can find uh, my, my rankings on Dynasty Nerds. You can find me on Twitter at DeviMatt. Um, released three articles <laughs> this week, Skip. So I've been a, a busy a busy guy um, talking about uh, – I've released a Traylon Burks article, your guy, um, kind of released an article talking about Quinn Ewers, and then a, uh, a Big Ten preview article on Dynasty Nerds. You can find all that over there. Um, been busy. However, um, if you want unfiltered access to me, if you want my full attention and – you know, a great community. Um, the, the the place that you can you can get my full attention at is over there at the Patreon. That's what that's my baby. That's what I'm excited about. Um, Patreon.com slash de, slash database. Um, you can find that over there. Really cheap. I mean, three three dollars a month will get you my rankings. Um, I've got tiered rankings in there, inner class rankings. Really great stuff that you don't find in a lot of places. And five dollars a month will get you access to my player breakdown videos that I'm releasing every week. Um, podcast every single week. So lots of really great stuff going on, really great community and super cheap. I mean, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to make money off of this. I'm trying to provide you guys really good information, the best information that you can get for a a really low price. So would love to see you guys over there, um, hanging out, um, talking with the squad over there. Awesome, man. I love it. It is fun to be part of that chat. I enjoy, enjoy getting to know people and and help them and hopefully provide some, some good feedback and, and advice as well. Of course, we are part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts featuring the Dynasty Happy Hour, Tim Keller, Doug Eddy, and Tyler Gunther. They record every Sunday night. We've also got the IDP Power Hour when they record with uh, Oklahoma Doug and Randall Memphis Young hosting the DHH Contractor. So be sure to check those out when they appear on the feed. My name is Skip Newton at SkipNewton31 on Twitter. Would love to talk Debbie or C2C with all of you guys. I'm a Debbie team writer for NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, that's powered by Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated, so part of the SI.com website. We've got you covered. Everything Debbie, Dynasty, NFL Draft, all players, all positions. And my Dynasty and Debbie rankings are out there. We're tweaking them every week as news comes in, as we watch more on these players. So if you have any comments on those, check it out, man, and let me know. We'd love to, love to chat about it and have discussions. It's all good. Thank you, everyone, of course, for listening. Give us a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate it. It's good to interact with you guys, and we really do appreciate everyone who comments on our podcast. It it makes it more fun to know people are, are listening and having a good time with it. So in that regard, I hope everyone has an awesome weekend or week, depending on when you're listening. And as always, 
be a good human.